Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle Elfrink and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. Well, you can't say we didn't warn you. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily. Kyle Elfrink, Ray Flowers with you. A Friday, which means a few things. College football, looking ahead to the weekend, and Ray Flowers, of course, recapping Thursday night football. Um, mm-hmm. All 29 points and one offensive touchdown, I think. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm not going to count the special teams. I guess that was exciting, but Ray, that was kind of uh, played out as we expected it would play out between the Bears and the Panthers. Yeah, Jeff Mann's on his elite sports show on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. It's Monday through Friday from 3 to 5. Uh, unbeknownst to him, because this plays, I think, before he wakes up in the morning, brought up the same point you did. Like, why are we having multiple Thursday night football games here for <laughs> for a crappy team? And uh, the game basically played out the way it is. It's so funny. Everyone complains about Thursday night football, and I get it. But the NFL has – there's no incentive for the NFL to put good games on Thursday because you're I watching it anyway. I keep watching. I, yeah, and, so. and Ray, even if this weren't my job, I'd, I hey, I'm a football fan. I, I'd watch it. So. Yeah. I guess I'm part of the problem. Maybe I should just turn it off if I want better games. Maybe um, it would be it would be nice if the teams were better. Yeah, okay. But yeah, the game I don't think played out appreciably different than we expected. We've got a rookie quarterback on one side who's really struggling to find his footing. You got a rookie quarterback on the other side who's the backup quarterback. You got injured running backs. You got a team that can't figure out how to move the football on the ground. Like it's. It was a rough game on Thursday night, Kyle. I'll tell you my number one takeaway. We, we will spend a few moments on this game, but my number one takeaway from following this game last night um, is that as a self-professed James Bond nut, mm-hmm. I did not know there was a uh, released reality series on Prime called like 007 Road to a Million. I, I did not know this. So that was the biggest takeaway I had. Now I hear the show. I, I was reading some reviews last night. They say it sucks. So I, which you know, hey, typical Bond movies. About fifteen percent of them suck. Like suck. So the fact that the reality show race sucks is not going to make me not watch it. But without watching the Panthers and Bears last night, I would have never known. I don't watch Prime except for the football game. Mm-hmm. So, so this at least led me to to maybe at least check out the the reality series of this weekend. Did you ever watch the? Uh, I think it's on Prime too. The one that talks about the sounds of Bond. No. Like there's an actual. I guess it goes through all the, the sounds, know, like the, the music sounds. and stuff. Like, yeah, you know the <laughs> sounds. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, there's one on there too for that. But no. yeah, I think if like you said. If you're a fan of a product, whether it's Bond <laughs> or J- Jason Bourne or the NFL, you're probably going to tune into something's happening. Yeah, I'll check it out. So that that's really my number one takeaway. Okay. Uh, what do we got coming up on Fantasy Sports Daily? Well, of course, the Panthers and the Bears. After all, that's what we do here. You know, here at FSD, we we break down football, we talk about the fantasy impact. So we'll get to that. Uh, we got some news and notes. The Jamar Chase situation is uh, becoming a little more cloudy with each and every passing day. And the Bengals' offense is a little cloudy for this weekend. Uh, of course, we've got another big weekend of DFS. You can catch all of our great coverage over at FantasyGuru.com. We've got cheat sheets and write-ups and cash games and, and GPP, whatever it is. Uh, we got coming your way this weekend. One thing that Ray and I are going to do today, and we'll continue this uh, each and every Friday, 
it's kind of finding two players that are in a similar salary spot at each position. And uh, Ray will give his advice as to which guy he prefers going into week number 10. Uh, we will talk week 10 with Tyler Beaker. I don't believe we've had Tyler with us on the new show here. So looking forward to that visit. And then Russell Clay uh, is going to join us as well. We get set for college football week 11. Got some big games but for the DFS player. We got a whole, whole shebang of early games, afternoon games, evening games, late night games, all sorts of slates to get you ready for. Uh, Russell's going to join us on that, of course, later tonight. They got the college football live stream over at fantasyguru.com. So we will get you set for the weekend. And as always, you can see the promo code there at the bottom, FSD20, 20% off everything. And you can find us uh, in all your usual podcast venues, Pandora, Spotify, Apple, Google. Uh, Ray Flowers has, uh, I, I think every day, Ray, you're searching for new avenues to, to find it, to post this, uh, the audio content of what we do every day. Pretty much. Yeah. It's, uh, and I tell you, some, some of the services are much better than some of the others, uh, in terms of their assistance. I will give a shout out since we're doing this here, Pandora, um, great help. A uh, customer service was fantastic there. So if you're looking oh. to get a podcast started, hopefully you have the same experience there. Uh, that was at the top of the list in terms of the help. So that makes one business in the entire world that has good customer service. <laughs> Ray Flowers has found it. It's Pandora. <laughs> On the other end of the spectrum would be like AT&T. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pandora won in AT&T and billions of businesses uh, there in between. Um, okay, Ray, uh, let's talk about the AT&T of football games. Um, Carolina, Chicago last night. Uh, it's interesting. Two rookie quarterbacks, one totally undrafted. One was the number one pick. And Ray, you couldn't tell the difference, could you? <laughs> it's, it's pretty wild that you could have a guy that goes number one and a guy that goes undrafted. And lo and behold, they're both kind of just there. It, neither guy neither guy was embarrassingly bad. They didn't make huge mistakes. But that entire game was a bunch of nothing. Really the only fantasy hero, if you will. I guess Dante Foreman, Ray, that was it. Everybody else kind of sucked last night. Yeah, and it's not, I mean, it's again, it's not overly surprising. This game would have had at least energy and excitement if Justin Fields was out there. We talked a lot about him on the show yesterday. If people miss that. They can obviously find it on demand all over the place. Um, everything is stored. We also post it over at fantasyguru.com. But yeah, it was, I think I, do we, I, I, I have the sense that over the last, 10 days here when we were doing the show. At some point I said, Dr. Foreman's a 2080 guy. And he went 2180. <laughs> you know, it's just what he is. And he got in the end zone, to your point. And wasn't a huge game by any means, but it was exactly what was expected from him. Uh, and that's the, the line we play in the fantasy space, right? It's you get eight points for him and it's a crappy effort. You get in the end zone, it's 14 and it's a thumbs up. Um, you know, he did what he does. And he, as you said, I think he's the only person that really stood out last night. You know, uh, they, they flashed a graphic up. I, I think it was maybe in the third quarter. I, I don't know. They All the quarters and plays just kind of ran together at some point. But they flashed a, a graphic up on the coverage, Ray, and it showed um, some other big-name quarterbacks who had been drafted number one and how they started their career. And I think it was Trevor Lawrence and Burrow, Goff, and maybe Peyton Manning, I think, was the fourth one, which to me is, you know, Peyton Manning, what he did is kind of ancient history. But the other three... You know, it's it's pertinent, I guess, to Bryce Young. And and all the guys, Ray, were like one and six, one and eight to start their career. And, and the emphasis was, wow, Peyton Manning eventually became Peyton Manning. Jared Goff won a Super Bowl. Uh, Joe Burrow is a top two, top three quarterback, you know, with, with these guys. 
and it's fair because we all want to jump to conclusions and everybody's already said, oh, C.J. Stroud, he's the guy. You know, C.J. Stroud, you made a mistake, Panthers. I'm watching Bryce Young last night, Ray, and and I'm not saying that the book is written. It's not. But it's it's evidence of what can happen in a rookie rookie season where this guy is, I think the average pass attempt traveled less than five yards for Bryce Young. And he still only completed 55% of his passes. Like that, that's a simplistic <laughs> look at where he is. But and I, I blame that a little on the offense. So on. But it's it's pretty alarming halfway through to be a dink and dunk QB and you're still only connecting. I mean, 55% is horrendous yeah. at less than five. I mean, Ray, that's like a 40% completion percent. Five yards, and he's only completing half his pass attempts last night. Yeah. Um you're right. Like, and it's not fair. It's what we do in fantasy sports. It's what they do in the NFL is that we make these sweeping generalizations on a guy who's played half a season. So it's certainly not fair to suggest that this is who he's going to be. You gave examples. Okay. We'll say this, that right now he looks overmatched. I mean, it's just period, right? Uh, now, I'm very surprised because we talked a lot about this at fantasyguru.com in the preseason. The Panthers constructed like a dream team of coaches. Like they put a really strong group of people on the sidelines to help all these guys out. And it just it just hasn't happened. And part of the reason it hasn't happened is because it's very difficult in modern day NFL to win without a quarterback doing things, right? And that's why you see these ugly games from the Titans or the Falcons, like they're trying to muck it up and win these 17 to 16 games. That's where the Panthers are at right now. And again, they were, it was a one score game last night, so they were there. But Young is just not it. And, you know, it's tough because you can watch, it's really tough for him because there was the debate in some circles about Stroud or Young. Uh, and if you see the performance numbers-wise, and if you see the performance with your eyeballs to date, they don't even look like they're playing the same game. They look mm. totally different. Young is small. He doesn't have a strong arm. He's not making splash plays. He's not really doing anything with his legs. It has been a very, very rough start for him, and there are already people saying that the Panthers blew it here by not taking Stroud, and that can't be good for Young either. Well, I, 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 I don't know if Houston's in a better spot than Carolina. Obviously, you can look at the record, look at the success, and go, oh, yeah, it's obvious. I, I don't know if that was so obvious on draft day, Ray, that the Panthers were a worse organization with the way that what Houston has done, though, is they found difference makers on defense. It appears, Ray, they've they've found an exciting, strong coach in D'Amico Ryans. Uh, they've taken, I would argue, three or four pretty ordinary dudes at wide receiver. And, and they've at least risen them to the level of being, well, top 50 guys. You know, they, they may not be there every week, but guys like Nico Collins and Noah Brown, I guess, and Tank Dell, they can have their moments. You look at Carolina, Ray, and, and we're nowhere close. There's nothing defensively. There, there may be one, like, good defensive player for Carolina. Offensively, you know, Chubba Hubbard, Miles Davis, or Miles Sanders, Miles Davis. Miles Sanders is playing like Miles Davis at this point. I mean, he's totally useless. Uh, Chubba Hubbard is just a guy. Adam Thielen's having a fine season, but there's nothing else to throw to. So it's like Carolina is miles, it appears, Ray, from where Houston is, or even Chicago. You know, these are three kind of rebuilding franchises in Carolina, who despite the fact they've had six straight losing seasons, in, in the NFL, Ray, you're not supposed to have more than three straight 
if, if you're more than three straight losing seasons, you are being run incorrectly. And the Panthers are doubling to six years. This is bad all around for that franchise right now. Yeah, Brian Burns was out last night, and he's a, you know a pretty good defensive player. But uh, to your, all your points, you're not incorrect. And I think it's really tough because we've had this debate, you and I, everyone's had this debate forever uh, about, you know, does the quarterback make the receiver or the receivers make the quarterback? And I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of scheme and all that. And I, I look at the collection of talent that the, the Panthers have. You know, Hayden Hurst is a fine tight end. Okay. Tommy Tremble and all these, like they, they can't settle on one guy anyway. So that position's kind of just moot. Um, Adam Thielen is a, is a good chain mover. He still can do that, and we've seen him do it. But he's not a guy that should be getting 10 targets a week, not on a winning team, right? DJ Chark can't stay in the lineup. He's never been able to stay in the lineup. Okay, yeah. that's who he is. Jonathan Mingo is an exciting young player, and maybe maybe he's the answer, right? But he's young, and he's still trying to find his footing. Terrace Marshall, for some reason, can't get on the field. And Jeff Swing, Mans and, swing and miss on that draft pick, huh? Well, and, and Jeff Manns talks about this all the time. Like, how is Terrace Marshall playing ahead of Jamar Jefferson, uh, uh, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, and now he's in the NFL and he can't get on the field? Like, yeah. what's going on there? There's a lot of people that hoped he was going to get traded. It didn't obviously happen. Um, LaVisca Chenault is kind of – I mean, a lot of people have drawn this parallel, right? Kind of like Debo Samuel. They, they don't get him the ball. He's got oh, injuries. He, he, he would hope to be Dante Hall, Ray, and he's not. I mean, Rondell Moore. Hey, give, yeah. give me a break. Yeah. No, it's he's five years in. Yeah, he's a, he's practically a nobody. Yeah. He flashes so, twice a game. It, it seems like there's pieces here, but they certainly haven't gelled. Is that previous coaching? Is that the quarterback play? Is that the scheme? Like. It, it's kind of a little bit of everything. Miles Sanders had a really strong year last season and been a very good NFL player up to that yeah. point, obviously, with the Eagles. He comes to Carolina's, dealt with some injuries. He's their second running back now. So I I don't really know, Kyle, but you're right. This yeah. organization, you know, they need Bryce Young to be that guy. And if he's not, they're in big trouble. And, and let's not get carried away. The Bears have two more wins than Carolina, and they won by a field goal last night at home. Uh, they were no great shakes either. We, we talked about Foreman. Um, I guess it's worth noting DJ Moore had his best game with Tyson Bajant, 58 yards. Cole Komet was kind of a PPR guy at tight end. Um, everything else was a mess. And, and it sounds like right next week, it'll be back to Justin Fields, as it should be. We talked about it uh, yesterday right here on FSD that uh, now we kind of have this stretch run. Uh, what can Fields do? And and the Bears just need to roll with them. And, and I don't even think it's a win-loss kind of thing for Fields. It's just, are we seeing some growth? Are we seeing him become a bit more consistent with the passing game? You know, you compare Fields to, to where or what Bryce Young is working with. Fields has got a lot more going for him. He's got a better defense. He's got an all-pro receiver. Um, he's got, a in today's football, a good tight end if he were to use it he's got the legs that right like there's a lot more that is set up for justin fields and hey admittedly it's the year it's the third year of justin fields they've been building to this point um hopefully carolina's there in three years but i i think for fields i'm, I'm looking forward to this stretch run and it kind of dives into his future and people are expecting him ray he's back they're going to use him as a qb1 i bet you know for a lot of people they, they've kind of been MIA at QB for the last month without Justin Fields. There's a lot of fantasy owners who need Justin Fields to come back and get this offense going. I do one in my dynasty league, Tommy DeVito, come on down. Um, I told this story. I thought I was fine with Daniel Jones and Justin Fields. And all of a sudden I have no quarterback <laughs> in a dynasty league. 
Um, Fields, yeah, and like I said at the, a few minutes ago, Fields, whether he makes the play or doesn't make the play, it's exciting, right? There's energy in the building and everything like that. And I think that, and we talked about him yesterday in more detail, but he's got skills that pay the bills. He does. Now it's a matter of refinement and coaching and everything around him. But this this team, you know, they're walking a fine line too because really the Bears don't want to go 5-1 and one the rest of the way. They don't want to do that. They want to get a top draft pick, right? So I don't know if they've been slow playing Justin Fields because of that. Like they don't really care if they lose. I don't know if his thumb is an issue. I don't know if he comes back, if it's going to be you know perfect, right? And he'll yeah. pick right up where he left off, where he was starting to round into form as a passer. But you said it yesterday, and I'll reiterate it. It's very important how he performs down the stretch here to make the organization feel comfortable with him or to make the organization go nuts and think they need to go in another direction without him. It's kind of wild, right? You talk about, oh, losing for a draft pick, and a lot of people bring that up, um, which would be fine if we saw these teams have success with high draft picks. Like, the NFL's gotten worse. It's not good. Drafting. The running joke used to be forever that baseball didn't know how to draft. Baseball's gotten much better with drafting in the first round. I'm talking about the high-end guys. They've been hitting. The NFL has gotten worse. And so this idea that if we get a higher draft pick, we're going to do better, or it makes a huge difference if we're drafting second versus fifth, it doesn't play out that way. It truly does not. I mean, hey, Kyle Pitts went before Jamar Chase. And and there's that we got Bryce Young before. Like it's on and on and on. So this idea, Ray, of playing for draft picks, I don't understand it. I don't get it in the NFL. Um, we hear it constantly. Like we're hearing it in Arizona. We're hearing it in Chicago. Yep. Carolina doesn't have any draft picks. They traded them all away. But it doesn't make sense to me because these organizations and the guys making the decision are getting worse at figuring out who they should draft in each spot. Yeah, that's one thing that we've been correct about for over a decade now because I've said it all forever. I said the underwear Olympics, right, where everyone runs around, they jump over things and they run and they ask them questions about you know, what they would do as a six-year-old in the forest that have nothing to do with football. All of those things are great, but there's a, there's a thing that we need to do, and that's play football. And there is not a group of people, in my opinion, that are worse at their jobs, and I'm not even including coaches, right? Worse at their jobs than NFL scouts. Because like you're saying, they bomb all the time. And they don't miss. They bomb. Like these guys are nobody's. Like you were joking about LaVisca Schnold. These guys are out of the league in two years. They bomb. First round draft pick, gone. And so there's, it's always, and it's reflected in the fantasy space too. Like I'm in this dynasty league and people are always hoarding draft picks and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to make a pick to get a badge because I, again, I have Justin Fields and I'm gonna have to start DeVito in my dynasty league this week. And I'm looking at, and I was like, do I give a six round pickup for Bajant knowing that he's a backup quarterback? I'll have the, the Bears quarterback. It's probably a good idea. Okay. So I went back and looked at the history of my sixth round draft pick each year because we do a rookie draft. And I, no, no one's even in the league anymore. Like these guys aren't even in the league. Now, again, that's fantasy and that's a sixth yeah. round. That's different than the first round of the NFL draft. But you're but, drafting guys who were high end picks in the NFL draft. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and none of them are even the, you know, Seth Williams. Like these guys aren't even in the league anymore. And to think that they spend so much time and energy and so much hype and you see the fans jumping up and down on draft day. Come on, man. Like it almost seems like they're guessing. It's crazy how many times they miss. I'm, I'm a tad embarrassed. We, gone like 20 minutes on this guy like i'd plan 10 
but last thing on this game, uh, we got a question in the chat room from ES. Uh, Miles Sanders, whether or not to drop him. And ES, he has depth at running back. Javante Williams, Najee Harris, Gus Edwards, uh, P. Ride Moss. So on, on that aspect, he has plenty of depth for the stretch run. He's picking up Jalen Hyatt. Neither guy excites me. I guess if, if you say, well, who could? The guy who could is Hyatt. Because, Ray, there, there's the deep threat. The problem is that that Giants offense is brutally bad. They're so bad. So I don't like either Sanders or Hyatt. If you want to take Hyatt, by all means, go for it. But i that's not an answer. That's last guy on the roster. You're kind of just interchanging one lousy player for another lousy player. And maybe it's more a lousy offense. You know, we can argue that. Uh, but I guess I, I would sign off on Hyatt, Ray, because when he makes a big play, it's a 50-yard touchdown. When Miles Sanders makes a big play, it's a 20-yard run. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'd take Hyatt over Sanders in that aspect. Yeah, and I'm going to confuse you, yes, because I'm going to say keep Sanders. Okay. Uh, but but Kyle, I think the the point that I would stick on is what Kyle said. The Giants' offense is not bad. It might be putrid the rest of the way. <laughs> like, you know, we're talking Tommy DeVito battling Matt Barkley. That, and this is already a team that, whether it was a Taylor or Jones, they were just barely getting by through the air, right? Now we're talking about third, four-string guys. Guys that shouldn't be starting NFL football games ever. Um, you know, you look at that receiving core, no one has stepped up. Saquon Barkley at some point is going to get hurt. He's just going to, he leaves every game with injury. The only way this offense works is if he touches it 26 times a week. How long is he going to hold up with that? Uh, I think that Kyle's correct. Jalen Hyatt is a guy that could do yeah. something, but he's Rashid Shahid. Even if yeah. he does do what you expect him to do, it's 15 points one week, it's three points the next. Are you going to have him active when he gets the 15 points? Eh, probably not. You put him in your lineup, and then he gets you the three points. So I would stick with Miles Sanders. But, you know, again, I guess it depends on what your goal is. Okay, we're done with that one, I promise. Um, we won't even – when Tyler Baker joins us, we're not even going to ask him for thoughts on Thursday night because that, that's putting a guy on the spot, you know. Uh, quickly, before we head to Tyler, uh, a couple of injury notes. Cincinnati's a spot to follow. T. Higgins, Ray, is going to be out. Uh, mm-hmm. Nobody's expecting him to play with a hamstring injury. And Jamar Chase – I kind of lean towards saying no right now. This is a case where if he dresses, if we find out 90 minutes before kickoff on Sunday that he's in, he's going to try to play, you have to play him. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could sit here and say, oh, my gosh, he may be a decoy. I get it. He may last half a quarter and then say my back is barking. But, Ray, Jamar Chase, it's simple. If he's dressing, he's in your fantasy lineup this week. Yeah, we just got an early report that he was at practice today. Um, Don't know. It just started. We don't know what that means, blah, blah, blah. It's really too bad, too, because with Higgins being out, Jamar Chase is getting 17 targets this week if he's healthy, right? <laughs> like that's – and so we don't know. I'm in 100% agreement with Kyle. Uh, if Jamar Chase plays, he's in my lineup. And if he does the T. Higgins, because they've done this in the past with T. Higgins, he plays, and then I had a game, was it last year, where he didn't get a target. He played – what, he played eight snaps or whatever the hell it was. I'm still starting Jamar Chase and not looking back. But mm-hmm. there is a question mark, so stay tuned to the information – uh, over at fantasyguru.com, we'll get more information as to the health and hopefully some kind of understanding of what to expect this week. Um, on the other side, Houston, who uh, people, I guess, are excited about after last week, Nico Collins didn't practice on Thursday, so we'll have to catch the status there. Calf injury, looking like Damian Pierce probably out again for Houston, so it'll be another week of Devin Singledary doing the uh, yard and a half and falling over uh, for the Houston Texans. Uh <laughs> That's probably unfair. Uh, Keaton Mitchell, hamstring popping up on the injured list. So that's kind of par for the course this year, right? Everybody gets excited about a guy, and very quickly we find out we shouldn't be excited. They, they either get injured the next week or you become Emery DiMarcato and you don't get a touch 
the next week after yeah. being uh, the, the big ad. Yeah. I, and, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people in that. Jeff Manns has gone apoplectic almost on this, on the Elite Sports Show, because he keeps getting people leaving him comments. And he had a caller yesterday. People are saying, you know, Mitchell is a, is a league winner. And he's like, what are you mm. talking about? He's the third running back on his team. He's not a guy that's going to be carrying 15, you know, snaps, 15 balls a week. You look at their matchup down the stretch. The Ravens have a bunch of difficult matchups down the And, you know, hopefully this saves some people. But at the same time, Kyle, everyone's already spent their 40% of their budget to get them. Like they they blew it. Now they may not be able to use them. It's going to be a terrible situation. Let's see how many games we got for Cleveland. They're five and three. We got nine games left to go. In those final nine games, Ray. 75 carries for Keaton Mitchell over or under. Let's 75. Yeah, let's assume he's healthy. Yeah. Under. Under. I'm going under, under too. Yeah, under 75. Uh, that'd be about eight and a half carries per week. So if if that's a league winner, you know, if he can go off for 160 yards every eight carries, that will be a league winner. <laughs> yeah, right. you know? channel, the, the, uh, channel the ghost of Peyton Hillis, uh, and you'll get a league winner. Uh, let's see, Lockett, Walker, JSN, all with the Seahawks, all of those guys getting in Thursday full sessions. Mentioned DeMarcado, he missed another practice on Thursday. James Conner uh, could be back. Kyler Murray's going to be back. Could be James Conner returning as well. He was limited on Thursday. Okay, let's dig in more to week number 10. Uh, joining us, a man who gives us many thoughts over at fantasyguru.com. He also gives us a ton to deal with and pace. He is one of our favorites, but I don't think we've had him yet with us here on a Fantasy Sports Daily. We've had to match up schedules. We finally do it today. Tyler Beaker hanging out with us on FSD. Tyler, welcome in. I, I know you have... Wait a second. Josh Gordon? You got a Josh Gordon Cleveland Browns jersey behind oh. you? Let's mute his microphone, Kyle. Look, explain yourself, Tyler. Uh, it was $10. And... <laughs> and it's a good reminder to always try to live up to your potential. Uh -huh. yeah. okay. <laughs> it's a reminder of what if you screw up Tyler you could become just like that guy in that jersey yeah wow I don't know if Tyler you know this like we've had a you probably do we've had a running thing with Josh Gordon and I I flipped out on Sirius XM once they made a promo out of it uh, because it's like why, why are we still playing why are we still playing this game and Kyle was like you know this was bought to you by you know Mount Vesuvius burrito and it was a whole yeah. thing and so it's uh it's interesting it's come full circle I guess Tyler. I, I've got to total it up here um looks like he's had 12 catches since 2019 so every number on that uniform represents the catches which means you probably overpaid at 10 bucks Tyler. <laughs> maybe yes yeah. um, okay but, well on the other wall you can get a Sammy Watkins jersey too Tyler. yeah yeah <laughs> Um, okay, Tyler, let's dig into week 10. I was just talking about Cincinnati and Houston, and I'm not going to say that's become a showdown, uh, but it's become an interesting game after what Stroud did last week. Talk about Houston a bit. I mean, last week was explosive and Stroud was out of control and they had three receivers go for under 100 yards. Is, is that a one-off for this offense? Like, do they show elements of being explosive or was that just kind of one game and forget it when you look at the Texans? to date it's been a one-off like they've been a team that has been historically more on the run heavy side in terms of like their pass rate over expectation and that's just basically their their league average rate what teams are doing in those situations um the, but they had a plus four plus five percent pass rate over expectation this past game against the bucks and that 470 yard outing by cj stroud and that's not a huge number like 
the league leaders are in the nine to twelve percent range. So that was just slightly above what expectation was. Don't forget the Bucks got ahead pretty early in that game. We saw CJ Stroud climb back in this game and it turned out to be a very, very exciting one. This is gonna be a game that I think is gonna be a lot of fun depending on who's actually healthy entering the matchup. I'm hoping Devin Singletary um, continues to be that RB1 and Damian Pierce takes the week off so we get to see Stroud unleashed one more time. He's been very, very fun to watch. Uh, a, a rookie to root for right now. Well, let me follow up real quickly on the other side since I, if Chase is okay. out, if Higgins is out, my guess is in DFS, people will be pounding Tyler Boyd. Is mm. Does that make sense if both those other two guys are out? Um, I mean, Boyd's had opportunities throughout those past to like, be that guy he's sometimes showed up most of the time not i mean i wouldn't even mind going with like trenton Irwin instead uh mm. interested to see how that one plays out but uh it seems like higgins is trending towards not chase the true 50 50 the bengals right now are i believe six and a half point favorites at home um four straight wins for this team though they're on firing on all cylinders i think this is an offense that you want to invest in provided that we get chase uh, Tyler, at, at times this season, we've had David Montgomery be the lead back for the Lions, and everyone's loved it. We've had Jameer Gibbs be the lead back. Everyone's loved it. I'm of the opinion, I think most of us on staff are, that this is David Montgomery is the one, and Jameer Gibbs is the highly used two. How do you see it long-term, and how do you see it this week with both on the field as expected? It's a great question. The Chargers defense that they go against this week is very, very susceptible to the run, so I imagine that we see both these guys actively involved. Uh, I already took up that early in the week. Detroit Lions minus one and a half. That line's already moved up in the Lions' favor. Um, but I think this is a closer to a 50-50 split than most of us want to admit. Um, but we've seen enough from Gibbs where it's like hard to put the the cat back in the bag or the, the ketchup in the bottle, whatever whatever analogy you want to use there. Uh, but I think we're going to see closer to a 50-50 split moving forward, given what we saw from Gibbs in that Raiders game prior to their bye. He looked absolutely explosive, uh, getting those outside touches. We're going to still see Montgomery utilize specifically on early downs, specifically in the red zone. But I, I don't think Gibbs is a guy that you want to like just write off now that Montgomery is coming back. I think both these guys could be RB2 options in week 10. Kyle Frank, Ray Flowers, Tyler Beaker here on the show. Tyler, talk to us about the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray's expected to be under center this week. It looks like you know, James Conner is going to return. Talk to us about those two players and what your expectations is for an offense that you know has had some moments this year, but we kind of know what the story is. Yeah, I mean, we likely aren't going to inherit like the Cliff Kingsbury style of pace, but even a modest upgrade should be anticipated in like overall play volume with Arizona finding more success than they have to date with the Josh Dobbs and Clayton Toon experiments. Um, this Atlanta defense uh, is not very imposing. I mean, we just saw Josh Dobbs come off the street for the Vikings and just, what was that, a 31-point outing he put up there? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm expecting Kyler Murray probably not to run around as much as he typically does, given that it's his first game back in a return from an ACL injury, but... I think this is going to be an offense that we want to invest in the rest of the season, given how poor their defense is. They're going to put them in scripts where like, we're going to want to lean on Kyler Murray, Marquise Brown, and uh, James Conner, who's supposed to be coming back from IR. I'm interested to see how he does. Every week, Tyler, over at FantasyGuru.com, and it's available for subscribers, uh, you put together a, a wide receiver versus cornerback you know, matchups to target, uh, kind of driven for the DFS player. Um, I noticed Brandon Ayuk's on there. Now, Debo Samuel, I guess we expect to have him back. The, the Niners offense has looked a bit lethargic the last few weeks. Maybe that's the way to put it. Why does Brandon Ayuk, he's one of your favorite plays, I, I think, at least in terms of the matchup he has going into this weekend. Yeah, he's been on absolute fire. Uh, the reason why I have him over Debo is I typically try to shy away from players coming back on multi-week injury 
And Debo, like, it's not like a, a lower body injury. It's a shoulder injury. So that's at least a, po- a positive if looking to play him in seasonal formats. But Ayuk's just been a, a man with his hair on fire this season, like top three in yards per out run against a zone. Uh, the Jaguars play a ton of that. Um, their defense has been very, very susceptible to the pass. So I think this is a chance where we see the 49ers offense get going vertically. And I, I'm very excited to see this game. Like both these teams are coming off by both have an extra week to prepare for it. This is like one of the marquee matchups of week 10. Tyler, it's uh, prognostication time. You're good at this. Uh, you're the guy to ask. Uh, you mentioned Josh Dobbs earlier. Well, he's with the Vikings now. Uh, and that was a remarkable effort off the street last week and everything like that. It sounds like, you know, we're not going to get Justin Jefferson. It's going to be a week or maybe two more. What is your expectations for this offense? There's a line of thought that is, you know, Josh Dobbs with his athleticism will open things up a little bit for the backfield. Maybe we'll have more success there. Then it's a question of, you know, KJ Osborne, Addison, and Jefferson on the field. What does that look like? Talk to us about the offense and your expectations with Dobbs under center. Yeah, I mean, we saw TJ Hawkinson leaned on heavily with Dobbs. He had a 41.3% target share. This is a great defense to attack via the tight end position. His pricing, uh, TJ Hawkinson's pricing on uh, DraftKings specifically stands out. But we've seen Cole Komet 655 and 2, and Evan Ingram 545 and 0 over the last three weeks against this Arizona defense. Um, I'm sorry, the Saints defense, excuse me, um, which has historically been a great like coverage team. Like They're phenomenal in the secondary, allowing like bottom rates and completion percentage, yards per attempt, just every kind of stat that you're looking at. The Saints secondary has shown up and done really well against. Uh, but the, for some reason, the tight ends in recent weeks have finally like, there's been like a, a chink in the armor. Um, so I think we could see Hawkinson be lean on extensively, given that we're not expecting the, wi- the wide receivers that you just mentioned there to play. Um, Marshawn Lattimore is likely to shadow Jordan Addison. So that kind of limits his upside as well. So I think this is going to be a big Hawkinson game, um, game. You probably want to hit the under in as well. The, the Vikings and the saints, they're both seven and two towards the under the season. Hmm. Oh, okay. So let's, let's move on from that. Tyler, sorry. I was looking at stuff. I'm doing 700 things here. Uh, for, for the <laughs> I show. understand. I can yeah, relate. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to ask you about the backfield. Uh, and I mentioned this with Saquon Barkley. We talked a little bit about the Giants and the fact that their offense stinks. Uh, let's talk about the, both the backfields in New York. Brees Hall, Saquon Barkley. Talk to us about the expectations for those guys because, you know, they are vital to their team's success, yet their offenses, uh, you look at the rankings and it's like, look, explosiveness, touch counts. It's hard not to look at them and say these guys are must-starts. But what are your feelings this week with Saquon Barkley and Brees Hall? Two very differing opinions here. One, uh, let's start with the Jets, because that's at least exciting. Uh, the <laughs> Jets play the uh, Raiders on Sunday Night Football, um, expecting that game to be f- positive game script for the Jets, where we've just seen the Raiders are coming off a huge 30-6 to win against the Giants. I'm not expecting that to carry over here against an actual defense that's going to show up here. Uh, the Jets have just been phenomenal this season defensively, and I think this is a great spot to get Brees Hall going, uh, ripping off explosive plays left and right. Um, like, it's hard to like not watch Brees Hall on the field and like be happy. Like he 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 exudes that like emotion out of me because he's a, a fun player to watch stylistically, aesthetically. Like just everything he does is something that I covet. And um, he's actively involved in the pass game. There's multiple outs for him to put up a big outing here against the Raiders defense that's just not really showing up in the run game. Um, they're a defense that's like a, a bend not break in terms of the pass game. So it's going to be a lot of dinks and dunks. And to that credit i think we're going to see a lot of receptions for Brees hall and the occasional explosive play so he's a he's a running back i'm excited about the giants though 
big 180 big 180 guys uh this reminds me of our thursday night football chats we used to do last season where i'd come on and talk about how the thursday night football game was going to be a stinker um this is going to be a stinker here giants and cowboys cowboys a i think it's 16 and a half point spread yeah. uh, this team already beat them 40 to zero in week one and now we've got tommy devito under center like Okay, so in preseason DFS, we love to get guys that are going to play like three to four quarters. And there were times where DeVito was projected for that, and we still faded him because he's that bad of a quarterback. This is going to be a very, very bad game. They're going to lean on Saquon heavily. The offensive line, they got Evan Neal back, but then I think he got back injured again in this past outing. Uh, Andrew Thomas is a, uh, at least a positive for the offensive line, but my goodness, like you're, you're banking on Saquon to get like 20 touches for probably 3.0 yards per carry. Uh, just hoping that he can do something in the receiving game. It's Last not, week, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be ugly. Let's <laughs> just end it. Last thing for you. Um, I, I know every week in Discord you put out your favorite props and some of your over unders that you like, and you do that earlier in the week to, to kind of get the best number. So, um, actionable intel late in the week. Um, anything you truly like going into this weekend on the wagering side of things, Tyler? Uh, yeah, I actually just placed this bet an hour. Um, yeah, an hour ago in our Discord, DeAndre Hopkins over 59 and a half receiving yards mm-hmm. against the um, Tampa yeah, Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah, the the defense that just gave up 470 and five to CJ Stroud <laughs> last week. Uh, both the cornerbacks for the Buccaneers, Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean, look questionable at best. Jamel Dean's in concussion protocol. Carlton Davis back to back DNPs with a toe injury. So we could see Hopkins here, who has a 27% target share over the last two games with Will Levis, a bunch of air yards. Like there's a lot of potential here for Levis or for Hopkins to go nuclear here against a defense. That's just terrible against the pass. Uh, this is a great stat from rich rebar. Um, since they're t- the Buccaneers by the Buccaneers are 32nd in catch rate, 31st in receptions, 32nd in receiving yards and tied for 32nd in receiving touchdowns to opposing wideouts. I'm expecting Hopkins to have a big week. Will Levis going to be in there for the uh, Titans. Uh, let's see. Tomorrow, game script uh, article will be up. Is that right? Saturday. Yes, correct. Saturday. Yeah. See, look, I confused you. He doesn't even know what <laughs> it is now. Tyler yeah. all things football. <laughs> the, the only way he knew that is because, oh, yeah, there was that ugly football game last night. That would have been Thursday. So today's got to be Friday. Tomorrow is Saturday. Perfect. Tyler, we will do it again. Thanks for the visit today, man. Great to have you on board and uh, enjoy the weekend. Uh, can't. Recommended enough, folks. Check out the article that will be released tomorrow. Uh, absolutely perfect if you've got like a big decision, say with a wide receiver three or an RB2 or a flex play. So much information there, kind of guessing as to how game scripts and pace is going to go. Um, and that changes every week depending on the matchup. So uh, check it out. Tyler does great work there and great work with us today. Thanks a lot, Tyler. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it, guys. Okay, gotcha. Tyler Beaker joining us here on Fantasy Sports Daily. Um, Speaking of DFS, Ray, Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I'd like to do every Friday is get your quick take on a couple of head-to-heads. Now, these will be head-to-heads, but you can also say neither if you don't want either guy. And I got salaries here, too. Okay. Mm -hmm. Keep that in mind. Uh, We'll do one at each position. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Uh, Quarterback, C.J. Stroud against Cincinnati. Mm Mm-hmm. He is 6,900, which is actually $100 more than Joe Burrow. So those two quarterbacks in that very same game, mm-hmm. Burrow's 6,800, Stroud's 6,900, pretty well a wash on the money. Who would you prefer if you were the DFS player? Yeah, obviously these are DraftKings prices. I would, 
I'd go Joe Burrow. I'd go Joe Burrow straight up. Uh, and I would certainly take Joe Burrow with the savings. And I will also take Joe Burrow because when you throw for 470 yards and set a record, everyone's on you. We know how this goes. Um, so I'm taking Joe Burrow against that Houston defense. Uh, even, even if no chase? Even no with Higgins? Well, see, that's, a, that, that's the last part of this, right? I, yeah. I, I was going to say, I'd still take him without Higgins, that without Chase. If Chase is out. Stroud may be without Nico Collins. Yeah. I think, <laughs> oh, I, I'm trying to think, too. It all depends, I think, really how your team is constructed and what you're playing. If you're in a cash game, go Stroud. If you're playing GBP, we would go Burrow because no one would play Burrow. No one would play Burrow if Chase is out, right? So you could differentiate yourself there. Yep. But in the cash game, in that scenario, I'd probably go with Stroud. Let's go to running back. Uh, Pittsburgh is hosting Green Bay this weekend. Jalen Warren is 100 bucks pricier than Najee Harris. So Jalen Warren at 5K, Najee Harris at 4,900. And you can also weeks, go neither if you don't like the matchup Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the last three weeks, and I, this is on the Coffin Corner piece. It's up at fantasyguru.com. This is in a full PPR setup. The last three weeks, Najee Harris is 13th at running back, and Jalen Warren is 21st at running back. And as the article also points out, Najee Harris is top five in the league in uh, broken tackles and uh, broken wait, yards after contact. Like he's he's starting to round into form that we expected early. Jalen Warren is still around, right? He's still uh, involved in this offense heavily. I'd go Harris because, uh, again, I think that's a scenario where no one's going to play Harris. I'll take him and hope the ownership is low. We heard Tyler Beaker uh, be all in on the over for DeAndre Hopkins. I think it was 59 and a half receiving yards against Tampa. Um, Hopkins this week runs you 6K at DraftKings. Are Jordan Addison against New Orleans 5,900? I would take Hopkins in a seasonal setup. I think there's enough separation here between my expectations for the two guys that $100 doesn't make a difference there. Uh, we've seen incredible long success for Hopkins in a game with Levis. We've seen a bunch of stuff underneath, an incredible target chair in the next game. I'd go with DeAndre Hopkins, especially with the change at quarterback uh, in Minnesota. And this last one's tied in, and it's a pretty big gap. These other ones have been close with the price tag. But do you pay up for Sam Laporta on the road at L.A., taking on the Chargers? That's 5700 He's like the third or fourth most expensive tight end this week. Or do you take savings and go Gerald Everett? On the other side, Everett's 3900 at the tight end position. So it's an $1,800 gap between Laporta and Everett. Yeah, I would in this if between these two, I would go Laporta and pay the price. You know, I'm looking at the the, the price points over here. Uh, I know you brought them up because it's the same game. But, you know, guys like Njoku or Jonu Smith for even less money than Everett. If, that, if I was going to look to pay down a little bit, I wouldn't mm -hmm. be going with Gerald Everett. You think we get a shootout between the Lions and Chargers? Like I mean, we certainly could. Both yeah. offenses are capable of it. We got some rested fellas coming back. I'd I'd say no. My my lean is again that the the D Detroit you know will control try to control things and the Chargers will screw it up somehow. <laughs> like I I want to believe in the Chargers, but it just never happens. I, I, I assume shootout over fifty. I should say in today's NFL, like forty five or more. You know, right. yeah, <laughs> a real shootout in twenty twenty three. Um, okay, so those are a few of the uh, DFS plays. Again, you can always jump into Discord if you've got your own either or. You can hit them up there. Uh, Ray and the crew, everybody on our football side, they can help you out throughout the weekend leading up to those Sunday decisions. Of course, there are also decisions to be made on Saturday because Saturday is college football time. We are getting set for week 11. And, of course, later tonight over at FantasyGuru.com, we will have the weekly stream. That gets you set for all things on Saturday. That starts at 9 o'clock Eastern for subscribers to follow. And, of course, 
each and every Friday right here on FSD. We kind of give you a sneak peek at the weekend to come. Russell Clay is with us here on Fantasy Sports Daily. Now, peek behind the curtain. Russell was an hour early. He's, he's <laughs> really excited to talk some college football today, aren't you, Russell? I, You know what's funny is the time change in Arizona. We don't <laughs> change for daylight yeah. savings. So when uh, I was accosting Ray Flowers and <laughs> Kyle this morning, I, I, I'm sure they were thinking some strange things, but now it all makes sense. And uh, hey, better to be early than, than an hour late, yeah. right? Absolutely. And, and you know, I'm going to get to you late anyway. So, so we apologize for that. Um, let's jump into this. And as usual, we've got a, a big 12 noon slate. We've got about a half dozen games in the middle of the day at three 30, seven o'clock games. We've got a seven game slate. There's a pretty decent late night slate on Saturday night. Um, including we were just talking over unders like, uh, USC, Oregon, like th th that total Russell is 76. That's a biggie baby. Um, it, 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 are you stacking that game like crazy? Is it, I mean, there's only five games on that late slate. Is everybody stacking Oregon and USC and hoping for 100 points? Well, here's here's the deal with this, right? We go to Saturday and then we go to Sunday, which <laughs> every game goes under right now. Just yeah. horrible offense. So I have like, when I shift from the NFL hat to the yeah. college football, it's like, oh yeah, overs can happen. Yeah. It's not going to be 20 points every game. So, yeah, I mean, just two ridiculous offenses. And USC did fire their defensive coordinator, but um, that kind of defines what this team has looked like all year. I remember that Arizona game. I think that it was like 89 points. Um, you know, we've seen a few games get into the 70s, 80s, 90s this year. So this is certainly a candidate. It's just, you know, once you get that high, smashing the under you got a big a big runway for that to hit so I, I don't know if i'm on the uh the the over there but that's about right and i think vegas knows what they're doing there uh biggest game of the day is early 12 noon we got uh michigan at penn state uh michigan scores and scores and scores they haven't really played anybody this is their first true contest they're on the road in, in happy valley how about for the dfs plays here though um I, I guess quorum like every week we talk about him but what else with michigan and how about penn state are, are they just are they hoping to keep this game like in the teens or low 20s to hang with the wolverines well, we not only have this game, but we have this allegation that might be coming through. We might be seeing a Jim Harbaugh suspension. I'll be honest. I see the headlines. I haven't dove too far into the story other than seeing those hilarious pictures of Connor Stallions. Yeah. Just, you know, on the, uh, you know, that's Michigan State. But all these college football, all this chaos going on in the Big Ten, you know, I, I haven't been paying attention, but I did see a potential suspension. Blake Corum's been a nightmare DFS guy all year where, you know, we know he's the red zone guy. We know he's a stud from last year. But like you said, they're just blowing everyone out so quickly that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, is he going to get those three touchdowns? He doesn't have a game. He has one game over, you know, 100 yards this year. Most the last three weeks, it's been under 60 rushing yards. So, um, you know, will they put a little extra oomph against Penn State? Maybe. But uh, yeah, this defense is not one I want to mess with. And when you look at guys like Nick Singleton on Penn State, 
he hasn't really been doing much in favorable matchups. So this Michigan team is just not very favorable for DFS. Other than, I got to say, playing J.J. McCarthy this year, he's been pretty good. So mm-hmm. we can do that. That'll be the biggie 12 noon for that kickoff against Penn State. Um, speaking of running backs, I don't think we've mentioned the name Ollie Gordon II of Oklahoma State. Uh, people might have caught that name last week against Oklahoma. Big upset win. Now Oklahoma State goes to West Virginia. That's another uh, kickoff. I think it's in both the early and afternoon slates over at DraftKings. Ollie Gordon II, the matchup kind of screams play because West Virginia, uh, they're pretty ugly in the rankings against opposing running backs, aren't they? Yeah, Ollie Gordon, a guy, uh, you know, we've we've had the Jalen Warrens. We've had, you know, some other random running backs. But this guy, you know, sophomore, 1,200 yards rushing already this year, seven yards per carry, uh, kind of looking a little like Melvin Gordon at Wisconsin there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some huge games uh, these last five or six weeks. Tough to fade him at this point. It's like at a certain point, these college systems um, make it so that, you know, it's not like the NFL where, all right, they're going to make adjustments, throw 11 guys in the box and shut them down this week. It's (laughs) like, okay, this might just work. And uh, I'm, I'm firing off here. So yeah, yeah, this is an amazing play. And honestly, a prospect for you NFL folk that uh, maybe want to check out. 7,900, the cost there for that game against West Virginia. Russell Clay is with us. A couple of more minutes here, Russell. Um, Utah-Washington, pretty big game tomorrow. Michael Penix Jr., like every week, he's kind of in play. Um, Rome Odonze, Odonze, I think it is, yeah. uh, the wide receiver. His cost is 8,900, which is, you know, I think it's almost like a 1000 bucks clear of number two. Is he worth that kind of payup, uh, 8,900 bucks tomorrow? Ah, this Washington team is so bizarre because Michael Penix will go quarters, if not halves, looking terrible. And then they'll pull out these games. They'll pull out the win. I mean, they looked they looked great offensively against USC last week. But as we discussed earlier, that might not be too hard. Um, (laughs) This Utah defense is pretty legit, though. And I've had some egg on my face this year with them kind of shutting down some of the teams they've played. Roma Dunze, I mean, he's great. Uh, he really is. And he's the go-to guy when they need it most. You know, they got Polk. They got some other guys. But when it really comes down to it, when they really need production, he is the guy. So 8,900 is probably a little too – probably going to be tough to get there for me. But um, I certainly respect uh, this passing game. Uh, but yeah, at these prices, easy, easy to fade them and, yeah. and find some other on, on these sort of main slate 12 gamers, you know, you can probably go somewhere else and not be too worried about it coming back to bite. you. Should note the, uh, Huskies Utes. You can actually do that game as I think it's the only showdown solo game that DraftKings has this week. So it's middle of the day. I think it's a three 30 kickoff. If you're interested in kind of the showdown slate, uh, last thing for you, Russell, and we got tons of games everywhere and tons of slates and all that. Um, is there maybe an overlooked stack offensive stack that you like for Saturday, wherever it is early afternoon, late night, whatever. Is there an overlooked offensive stack? Well, I will say, you know, when you look at UNC, right. Um, they're playing Duke this, this week. And 
I think people just kind of lock in North Carolina, uh, especially they're usually on these late slates, but I'll go the other way this week um, and say Duke secondary has shut down everyone this year and they have some real NFL caliber. And I saw this, I experienced this week one. And this is the funny thing about college football DFS where, you know, you kind of go around the, um, uh, the barrel here or around the, the curb or whatever that <laughs> stupid saying is there probably isn't even a saying, but <laughs> week one against Clemson. It was clear like, oh, Duke has guys in the secondary. So, you know, they have a couple NFL caliber guys in the secondary. And, you know, Drake May's 9,400. Devontae Walker's 8,300. This is a 50 over under seven game slate. I would say let's not automatically price this in here. Um, so maybe, a, maybe a little fade of the, uh, the stack there and maybe go with, um, you know, Oklahoma or, uh, you know, that Ole Miss Georgia game and, uh, maybe take, take the week off from Drake may. Yeah. Ole Miss, uh, going to be on the road in Georgia. Ole Miss, by the way, top 10 going up against yeah. the Bulldogs and we don't necessarily embrace Georgia, but uh, maybe Ole Miss might be a play. They will talk it over later tonight. Live stream coming your way at nine o'clock Eastern Russell and the crew with uh, tons of work with cheat sheets, with write-ups for the uh, various slates going to be in discord. Of course, uh, coming up here in like, what, five minutes over on the site, Russell, aren't you guys uh, breaking down the uh, sports books, wagering and, and betting for the weekend, right? Yes, sir. And we were looking at uh, some some clip generators for the YouTube channel. So you <laughs> might be uh, we might be cutting up some clips from your show. Well, today. Generator, man. You show uh, us how man. that works. Ray and I could use that. We'll, we'll I mean, we're going to we're going to fire it up and see if we okay. can get some good clips from from every show. So there you and go. We'll it from you if it's successful. Uh, Russell, <laughs> thanks a ton, man. Have a fun weekend. We'll talk soon. All right. See ya. You bet. Russell Clay hanging out with us again. Check out the live stream tonight. All the coverage going into the weekend. And again, that uh, Circa betting show uh, available to our subscribers over at fantasyguru.com. You see the promo code and 20% off everything. So do check it out. Also tomorrow, EPL popping up. Uh, golf tournaments are going on. More NBA, more NHL. Uh, Ray, Saturday, though, gets to kind of be a quiet day for you, right? You kind of get a little. That's your day off, if, if there is such a thing, of course. Correct. Yeah, if there is. Uh, I always end up spending time in Discord uh, answering people's questions. Uh, I've heard some people say, well, I check Discord. I'm off by like 4 o'clock Pacific time. So if you said I'm, I'm there Monday through Saturday at about 4 o'clock. If you send okay. it Saturday night or Sunday, I'm not going to see it. But, yeah, try to take some time away. Uh, tomorrow I'm actually going to – actually, I'm planning on going to the beach tomorrow – and getting some tiki involved. So I don't even know how much I'll be in Discord, if we're being honest. We're going to have some fun, hopefully, here oh, yeah. on Saturday. Ray, tomorrow. Ray, there's literally like 10 or other, 11 other dudes. Who can there are. That's true. Tomorrow. That's true. And nobody's going to be beating the door down for fantasy baseball advice tomorrow. I assure <laughs> you, okay? <laughs> they can cover the other things. You go to your tiki bar. Have some fun there. Um, good stuff today. Uh, enjoy the weekend, folks. Ray and I are back Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on YouTube, X, Facebook, wherever you catch us. Uh, sign up and become a subscriber on the audio side. Uh, that pops up 20, 30 minutes from now. It'll go right into your uh, phone or wherever you listen, and you'll be able to uh, listen to us uh, throughout the weekend. You download us, and boom, you're good to go. Uh, Ray, we will uh, bid you adieu, and let's talk Monday, okay? All right, you have a good weekend, too, Kyle. He's the one and only Ray Flowers. Kyle Elfrink here. Thanks for joining us. 
We'll catch up with you next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here at Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com.